Hey guys, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor for today's show, and that is a brand new documentary that's streaming right now. It's called Navy Seal Target of Opportunity. It's a documentary film produced by an anarcho-capitalist. He's a retired military guy who worked with Navy SEALs for most of his career, and he found out about this story of these two Navy SEALs who ended up being the last two to see this one woman alive at a bar one night. And it highlights a lot of the issues that we see in our criminal justice system and with our military. And it, it's just one of those cool documentary murder mystery type films that I think you guys are really going to like. You know, if you're into things like Making a Murderer or th those types of documentary films, I think this might be right up your alley. So go check it out at neargeniusfilms.com. It's also streaming on iTunes and Amazon. It's available in all those places, but the best place to go is neargeniusfilms.com. So go check it out, Navy SEALs Target of Opportunity. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the one and only purveyor of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone's doing well today. It is Wednesday evening. I did not do a show on Tuesday. And just a, a couple quick administrative things I want to get out of the way before we get into today's show. I am headed to the Keys tomorrow for a fishing excursion with a couple of my knucklehead buddies. So I will not be doing a show Friday. And I figured since I was a day late with uh, last Friday's show and I did it on Saturday, I'd push this one to Wednesday and hopefully give you guys enough content to get you through the week. But yeah, I didn't have time to do a uh, uh, like pre-record a Friday episode or something like that. It's just been a, one of those crazy weeks. So this will be it for this week, and uh, hopefully I'll make it count. <laughs> but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow morning, headed to the Keys. I've never actually been down there, but I I'm pretty excited to get away for a little bit, taking some time off of work and away from the podcast, and hopefully catch some fish. We'll see how that goes. As you guys know, I am starved for a vacation. I normally do two like, huge, really long vacations. I'm actually supposed to be in Rome right now. Today would be uh, my first full day in Rome, if not for the whole coronavirus thing. And that was going to be a nice three-week vacation. That totally went to shit, <laughs> along with the rest of the world over the last couple of months. You know, it's pretty funny. I started out, and I know I mentioned this on one of the, the prior episodes, but I started out the year. I think the first show I did of the new year, or maybe it was the last show that I did of 2019, talking about the fourth turning and how it, everything's sort of lining up with this guy's calculations on how things are supposed to play out. Pretty interesting show. If you guys haven't listened to that one, you might want to go back and do it. And if you're not familiar with The Fourth Turning, you might want to check out his book, The Fourth Turning. It's a pretty interesting read, but it basically goes through life cycles of of humanity and how we go through these, these certain uh, generational periods where there's a certain pattern that emerges for each generation. And there are these like recurring archetypal generational patterns. And, you know, the one that that's lining up with us is the crisis pattern. So uh, it, it seems to be playing out right in front of our eyes. It's pretty interesting. 
And uh, I don't know. I hate to say I told you so, but go back and listen to that episode if you hadn't. I, I really get into it. And um, if you really want to get into it, you can read the book if you got some free time. After, of course, you check out Navy SEALs Target of Opportunity. But anyway, wish me luck. I am getting on an airplane tomorrow. God help me. I have I am dreading this. I already hated flying, and now I get to do it with a mask on. The the other thing that I hate to do is put on one of these masks like a fucking paranoid lemming. Uh it, it's uh oof, I am really not looking forward to this. And I don't think I think it's like a four hour flight or something from Chicago to we're flying into Fort Lauderdale and then we're running a car and driving down to the Keys. And uh, man, it's going to be early in the morning, so I'm I'm not going to be able to get back to sleep. I don't have any Xanax to knock me out. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is going to be fucking miserable. The, these airlines, I, I was just reading an article today saying that airlines are canceling their beverage service, like alcoholic beverage services. And I think I'm flying American. And I think I saw American on the list. I don't know if they're like completely canceling it or what. They didn't really go into the details. And I kind of just uh, uh, skimmed the article. But uh, I mean, if, if they were trying to design an experience to make flying as miserable as possible, I can't imagine what else they could do to fuck this up. I mean, you got to wear an uncomfortable mask the whole time and, and you can't get hammered on the flight. What the hell are you going to do? What am I going to do for four hours? Uh, I don't know. Watch a, a movie or something? I mean, come on. Come on. This is a vacation. I, I got to get the party started. Not looking forward to that. Hopefully, I'm hoping that it, at the very least, the airport will be fucking empty. I won't have to wait in some really long line. I, I do have TSA pre-checks, so in theory, if that's operational, I should get to skip most of the lines. You guys know I have a no-line policy, and I'm hoping that the plane's going to be relatively empty, too. I don't know how many people are flying to Florida these days, uh, especially on like a Thursday morning, but you never know. This was supposed to be a, a buddy of mine planned a Father's Day excursion down there with uh, some of his family and Long story short, that fell through, so he called in the reserves, me and a, a couple of my asshole buddies, to go and take advantage of all the reservations that he made. So, you know, I, I'm up for it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Going to bag some rays, hopefully bag a marlin or something like that. But I, I have not had a lot of luck with the fish, so not holding my breath on that one. At the very least, we'll get out on the water and have a good time get away from a little bit. I'll be back on Sunday, so I will I will resume our normal podcasting schedule next Tuesday and I will I will try to stick to the Tuesday Friday schedule. I think that's a pretty good one, 2 days a week. And you know, I've been trying to find ways to put out more content. I just I'm having a lot of trouble with with time. I I don't have enough time to get all this stuff done. So I might be looking to have somebody take over some of this, um, some of this stuff for me, like maybe handling the the YouTube channel that I started to put together, and then I kind of lo- I got distracted, lost steam on that. Maybe handling some of this social media stuff that I suck at. I don't know. If somebody's interested in volunteering, feel free to hit me up, and uh, maybe we could work something out. Because I just I don't like doing a lot of that stuff, and I am not good at it. So. Um, yeah, I, I might be might be looking to bring somebody on to handle some of that for me. Oh, by the before I forget, I uh, I actually I already did forget that once upon a time I started a private Facebook group for the podcast. This was like a year ago. I forgot. I totally forgot that I did it. It was like right when I started the podcast. Had no listeners or anything like that. Yeah, I thought it would be a, a cool little place that that listeners could go and and you know, converse with me or with each other and, you know, I don't know, post memes and articles and discuss topics and things like that. So that is still a possibility. It still exists. And I've been getting a a couple of people have found it. Some of the listeners have found it and they've asked to join. All you have to do to join is um, find the page. I think it's just peddling fiction podcast, something like that. I don't know. I don't know how Facebook really works, but it's up there. Do a search for that. You have to answer three questions to my liking, and then I can let you in there. I haven't, I haven't been. Le- I've seen the requests come in, 
uh, I think right now there's probably just me and like maybe a, a handful of my asshole buddies in there right now because when I started it, this the show was nothing, and now we've got thousands of listeners. So I haven't been letting people in yet. I was gonna wait to see if there was enough interest to actually get that going. It's free to join right now. I may sometime down the line put up a, a paywall and use it as a way to deliver more content or, or some extra content to people who want to support the show monetarily. But right now it's free. And if you get in now, you'll be grandfathered in. I'm not going to retroactively charge you like a, a five bucks a month or something. Um, once I set that up, if I do set that up, I, I don't know if that's the route I'm going to go, but it's certainly a possibility. So if you do want to become part of the uh, fiction peddlers uh, out there uh, on Facebook. Try to uh, tra track down that page, fill out the, the three questions, and if I get enough interest in there, I will let everybody in at once, and, and we can get that party started. Facebook has, and one of the things I want to talk about uh, on today's show, which is this whole cancel culture mob and and, uh, you know, this woke capitalism and the censorship that's going on in Facebook and Google and things like that. Facebook has been driving me fucking crazy. I don't know how much, uh, how much more of this I can take there. They won't let me run any of my advertising and most of my podcasts that I try to post, they get flagged and denied for, for boosting and things like that because, I don't know, they're worried about me interfering with the election or something like that. Yeah, God forbid more people out there should should be introduced to the uh, the best political philosophy known to man and the economic philosophy that's brought more wealth and prosperity and opportunity to more people than ever before. It's pu pulled billions of people out of abject poverty, living on like a dollar a day. We wouldn't want anybody to know about that, now would we? <laughs> no, no. Uh, we just want everybody to know that Joe Biden is out there and uh, Donald Trump is is a bad man. So uh, anyway, uh, we're going to get into that today. But if you have been, you know, if you have requested to be part of the uh, fiction peddlers inner circle or whatever the hell I'm going to call it, um, I, I know that I, I've seen it and I, I am going to let you in if, if we get enough activity. And if it's something that you want to do, if you want to, you know, get this this thing started and get a little group together, get a following, hit up the uh, Peddling Fiction podcast page on Facebook, send in the request, and um, and we'll go from there. And I think that's all the sort of administrative announcements that I have for you today. We can get into the show because I don't know if you've heard, but we've done it, ladies and gentlemen. We we really have. We've solved racism in America. And I know a lot of us were wondering, you know, how is this, how and when is this seemingly impossible task going to be accomplished? And who would have thought that all we had to do was scrub all of all of these products of their racist logos and their mascots and their brands? That we just needed to rebrand some pancake mix and some sticks of butter, maybe even a box of rice. And all of those racist wounds that have been festering for hundreds of years would be magically healed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Aunt Jemima is no more. The Indian on the box of land. Uh, sorry, the Native American on the box of Lando Lake's butter will be removed. And no doubt, I'm sure Uncle Ben's rice will be soon to follow because this is what we're focusing on now, I guess. All those other major problems, those are set aside for the time being. We, we have much bigger fish to fry with the, the lady's picture that's been on your, your bottle of syrup your entire life. That's just been triggering everybody, no doubt, uh, has just been traumatized by their breakfast, uh, by their pancake syrup. <laughs> it really is. I just want to be on Elon Musk's first launch to Mars. I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I really don't. I mean, 
what are we doing here? I mean, I mean, other than like these social justice warriors with an African studies degree from Columbia or something like that, does anyone really know about the roots of the racist roots of Aunt Jemima or even give a shit? I mean, really, this could just as easily be seen as like a historic success story used to inspire people of color to overcome adversity in America. But oh, no. No, no, wait, we can't have that, can we? No, no, you, are, you all have to be victims, and everybody has to be oppressed, and that's got to be the message. You see, that's part of the problem with all of these worthless degrees that people are getting, you know, gender studies, Chicano studies, African studies, sociology, humanities, all of these pointless uh, liberal arts degrees that there's no use for them in society. So they have to keep inventing shit to care about or, you know, in the case of sociology or gender studies, you're just inventing terms and genders and things like that and definitions that we can now obsess over so that you can try and remain relevant in today's society. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody cares about your stupid gender studies. Why don't you go do something with your life? Get a hobby or something. Nobody cared about Aunt Jemima. Nobody I know. I, I didn't know that this was like this racist symbol that was that was uh, triggering every black person on the face of the earth. I mean, I don't even really like, I don't eat pancakes with syrup for breakfast. I, I try to be a little healthier than that. And if I did buy syrup, it would probably be of a better quality than like the Aunt Jemima stuff that's like all like processed and commercialized. I don't know. But I mean, obsessing over the logo for a bottle of syrup or pancake mix. This is your movement now. This is what you're doing with your limited time on earth. The most precious commodity we have. The one thing that you can't get back is your time. And this is your cause. Aunt Jemima. Syrup. Pancake mix. Sticks of butter. And what's the negative stereotype anyway? I don't understand this. That old black women are like warm and welcoming, comforting people that are going to invite you into their house and make you delicious meals. Oh, the humanity. I love that about old black grandmas. Always trying to feed you some you know, down-home, stick-to-your-ribs type food, bringing you into their homes and insisting on feeding you. What's so bad about that? Why can't that be what she's associated with? Why does it have to be that, oh, you know, well, the creators of uh, Aunt Jemima or whatever, of the brand were white and they got the, the idea of her from a minstrel show or whatever. Like, who cares? It's 130 years ago. Who cares? And I'm not even entirely convinced that's true. I haven't really looked into this, but I know that the person who they used to get the image of Aunt Jemima was Nancy Green, who was born a slave and she died a millionaire, a millionaire in like the early 1900s. I think she died in 1923. She died a millionaire after she leveraged her cooking skills and talent into a, a cooking brand that made her more money and fame than any of us could even dream of today than any of these African study, social justice warrior, complaining, miserable, miserable people could ever achieve. One of the first black millionaires in the early 1900s. I mean, that's like tens of millions of dollars today. Maybe even hundreds of millions. I have no idea how much inflation has taken place. But to, to be one of the first black millionaires in America after being a slave... Why can't this be a positive, why can't we put a positive spin on this? Why does it always have to be this uh, narrative of oppression? What good does that do anybody? This could just as easily be a, a great story, a, a, a great uh, monument to, to success in America, to what the country stood for. You come over here with nothing and, and you become rags to riches. The American dream. Uh, but no, no, can't have that. Can't have that be the narrative. The narrative has to always be racism. And, you know, maybe that's why they want her removed from, scrubbed from history. Just like they're, they're, they're attacking some of these 
statues of abolitionists now and maybe they don't actually know what they're doing but there's there's pictures up uh video up of them just destroying uh statues because well it's a historical statue but it turns out that it's like this great abolitionist who did more to abolish slavery than anybody before and uh they're, they're still defacing that maybe that's why they want aunt jemima rem- like scrubbed from the history books because Turns out she was a success story, and she goes counter to the narrative if you really look into it. I don't know. Uh, Maybe there's something to that. But, I mean, can we just not be these miserable fucking people all the time? You guys are destroying the country. Get over it. Just get over it. I mean, I'm Italian. I I want Chef Boyardee taken off the shelves right now. I mean, I do, but not because they have some fucking Italian mascot. It's because that stuff's crap. That canned shit full of sodium. It's disgusting. It's an abomination to, an, to Italian food. Take it off the shelves. Mario and Luigi. I want them abolished. I want those video games wiped out from society. I mean, shit. My grandpa was an Italian plumber. I'm not making this up. John the Plumber. May he rest in peace. I've been named after him. I mean, this is so fucking offensive. Italians were treated like shit when they came over here by the Irish when they first came over. They had to do all the grunt work, the plumbing. This is so offensive to me. Nobody should be able to play video games anymore. I mean, what? Who who thinks like that? Come on. You really have that little going on in your life that you have to obsess over a box of pancake mix or a stick of butter. And if we're just going to cancel everything that has a racist history, which, by the way, racism is such a broad term now, I don't even really know what it means, but apparently it can mean just about anything. So I'm sure you could find anything, point to one thing in history, and, and they'll come up with a reason why it's racist. I mean, we see this all the time, like peanut butter jelly is racist. The uh, I, I saw over in uh, the UK the uh, corn pops, the or not corn pops, the uh, cocoa puffs. Cocoa Puffs is racist now because they're using a monkey for their for their chocolate cereal. <laughs> and uh, Rice Krispies, you know, they use three white guys. So that's like, you know, look at this racist cereal now. I mean, if we're going to cancel everything with a racist history, which anybody can make this retarded case for racism in anything, I guarantee you. I mean, if peanut butter and jelly is racist, everything is racist. Uh, why, why don't we start with, uh, I don't know, the Democratic Party. Should we abolish that? That's got some serious, true racist roots. How about that? How about we abolish that party? Where does this end and what is the point? And this is why the, the whole racist narrative, this whole thing that we're, we're going to fight racism, is it, just, it, it's pointless. You, you can't, what, what are we going to do? How are you going to fight that? <laughs> I mean, like, this is why the politicians love it. It's just like all of these other vague, ill-defined wars that they declare. War on poverty. Oh, okay. War on terror. I mean, we're going to rid the world of terrorism. We're going to rid the world of poverty. We're going to rid the world of racism. Like, really? Is that all? Oh, okay. You're going to rid the world of hate now. Anybody that doesn't like anybody else. How about we just do that? I mean, this is nonsense. And the irony is, as I talk about on ev- like almost every show, is that all of these policies that are designed to combat poverty and racism and all these things, they all backfire. D- discrimination laws, they all, they all lead to more discrimination. There, there is no government solution to any of this. But for the life of me, I just can't, I don't understand what the plan is. All of these spineless, pussy, pandering companies that are just uh, bending over to the to the mob here, this cancel culture mob that's going to come after you for anything and everything until you cry uncle or until you tell them to fuck off. You have two choices. And there, believe me, there is no satiating these lunatics. They will never be satisfied. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, well, uh, Quaker Oats, now, now that you've taken Aunt Jemima off of your box of pancake mix and your syrup bottles, well, now we're all good. Uh, yeah, now we're on the same team. No, of course not. The second that you're not uh, marching in lockstep with, that, with 100% of their bullshit, 
they'll come after you again. They'll, they'll find some other stupid thing to harp on, to, to try to exert the little power and authority that they have over you. And the only reason they have that power and authority is because you guys cower like a bunch of pussies. Stop it. Stop doing it. These are cowardly children throwing temper tantrums. And they're the type of people that once they get the smallest glimpse of power, they get drunk on it. They get high off of this power trip of making people cower to their bullshit demands. Twisting your arm into an apology. Kissing the ring. Literally kissing their boots now. They, they're going up to white people and say, kiss my boot you know, to atone for your original sin or whatever. Your white privilege. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to go a long way. Believe me. And the second you, you step out of line, like they want you to be silenced 100% of the time if you're not completely down with, the, with their agenda. And if you step, if you disagree with them, you, you could agree with them 99.9% of the time. But the, the, that 0.01% of the things that you don't agree with, if you voice your opposition to that, well, they're going to come after you. And they're going to try to ruin your life. And just look at the history of doing this. It's never enough for them. Once they get you to cower to whatever their tantrum that they're throwing today is, they'll move on to the next crazy idea, and they'll just keep pushing the envelope. And if you don't hop on board with them, it's not like they're going to think to themselves, oh, well, you know, he's not on board with the 72 genders, but he was on board with, I don't know, gay marriage a, a couple weeks ago, so he's okay. No. No, no, you're a Nazi now. You're a white supremacist if you're not on board. And as long as companies keep cowering to these people, they're going to keep using this tactic. I mean, why not? It's working. Companies are apparently so afraid of this bad publicity that they'll do all sorts of idiotic things to try to gain their temporary approval. And this is a losing strategy. I mean, it's pointless. Because they're going to keep pushing the envelope until eventually you're going to have to put your foot down. Because it's just going to get so ridiculous. You're going to end up being like Gillette doing a toxic masculinity uh, commercial campaign where, to, uh, to your, your male customers. <laughs> lecturing them on how they have this toxic masculinity in them. And hey, by the way, buy our razors to shave your, that, that toxic beard off your face. Uh, go fuck yourself. How about that? I mean, none of these other concessions you've made in the past will make any difference. You will not have any merit with the mob unless you go along with their agenda 100% of the time. And their agenda is going to get so ridiculous that it's going to be impossible to, to uh, agree with them all of the time. And you can't just sit on the sidelines and be silent. No, no, that, that means that you're consensual in this thing. That's uh, another interesting turn now. Apparently, silence equals consent. Somebody let, better let Bill Cosby know he's off the hook. If they stay silent, that means they're consenting to whatever you're complaining about. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And there is no way that you can keep up with this. There is no way you can keep this up. So why not just start now? Take this power away from them. Tell them to go fuck themselves. How about that? And they can scream and they can wave their signs and they can try to boycott you. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? These people, they don't have any money. They're not buying your products. These are all a bunch of broke fucking hippie college kids. Live at home with their parents. Have no job. Have no skills. If they did, they wouldn't be in the fucking streets protesting. They'd have better things to do with their time. This is why a lot of people on the right don't have this sort of cancel culture thing going on. They're too busy working for a living, too busy providing for their families. I mean, who cares? They'll Listen, they have the attention span of a gnat. They'll lose interest eventually, and they'll move on to another target or some other cause, a target that's easier for them, that's going to give them what they want, which is the apology which makes them feel empowered. I mean, what are they going to do to you, really? Are they going to write you a letter? Are they going to write me a letter for this podcast? Go ahead. Go ahead, write me a letter. It's fun for me. I'll read it on the air, I'll make fun of you, and then I'll tell you to go fuck off, and I'll do what I want. I'll, I'll find some way to keep putting this show on. I don't care. I don't need you. I mean, you just can't 
cower to these people. You can't bend a knee. It, it, it's like paying ransom to kidnappers. You just incentivize them to keep doing it or, or paying money to the, uh, paying the blackmail money to the guy blackmailing you. He's just going to keep blackmailing you until you're tapped out. But if you tell the, the blackmailer to go fuck off, Oh, okay, maybe he, you know, maybe he releases the the blackmail thing, whatever. But then it's over, and you move on, because once you do that, once they realize that they have no power, it's all over for them. All you have to do is not comply, not go along with their ridiculousness. And if not, if we allow them to silence us, if we allow them to dictate what's acceptable and what isn't. If we allow them to control us, to control our thoughts, control our speech, control our history, control our reality, well then this is just the tip of the iceberg. They won't stop until they have 100% conformity and they've got us all enslaved mentally and physically. This is a major, major power struggle going on right now. It's basically a revolution and it's a struggle that probably wouldn't exist but for the government. Since the government controls just about every aspect of our lives, the quickest way for this cancel culture mob to gain power is to get control of the politicians. There's nothing a politician fears more than an angry mob. And so they will pander to them, and they will cower to them, and they will pass all sorts of legislation to placate the mob in hopes that the mob won't come after them with the guillotine. Because this is a revolution, and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing all of these politicians coming out and, with their their stupid legislation bills that aren't going to do anything. None of this stuff has ever helped, will ever help. Nothing will ever change for the better through government. You'll be right back here, marching and waving your signs and honking your horns ten years from now, just like you're here today. You want to know how I know that? Because you've been waving your stupid signs and looking to the government to solve your problems for the last 70 years. Where has it gotten you? Nowhere. Nothing. It's gotten you nothing. You know, I was listening to some of the, uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell was testifying in front of the House and the Senate this past week. And every single fucking politician was trying to, you know, had to start out their whole thing with like, wealth inequality and how the African-American community is being uh, hit harder by the whole COVID thing. And they're trying to act like we can use monetary policy to help all of the uh, people of color in America as if they can target them with raising and lowering interest rates and printing money and they can somehow target the monetary policy toward you know solving racism or something like that. This is all just getting ridiculous. But you expect it from politicians. You expect these politicians to pander to the mob, to try to placate them, to, to fight these, bat, these unwinnable battles that are ill-defined and that they can throw untold amounts of money toward the problem, lining their pockets in the process. What you don't expect, or at least what a lot of libertarians don't expect, is for companies to, to get on board with this sort of stuff. And I want to get into this whole woke capitalism thing. I know I've done an episode on it uh, a few months ago. You should go back and check that out because I really sort of try to uh, flesh out the issue. But there's been a, a couple of more disturbing developments that I want to close out the show with. But first, I want to take a second and thank our other sponsor for today's show. And that is Lorenzotti Coffee. It's in my mug right now. It's in my End the Fed mug. It's given me the boost that I needed to get through this show. And I'm just, I'm so excited to have them on as a sponsor. It's a small business. It's run by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs. It's exactly what we as, as libertarians should be supporting. Too often we just sit around and we complain about the problems and we theorize about the solutions to those problems, but we never take any action. These guys solve the problem in the marketplace by bringing premium Italian coffee right to your door and providing small businesses the equipment they need to compete with the behemoths like Starbucks, all these virtue signaling companies that are cowering to this cancel culture mob. 
So if you want to support small businesses, if you want to support the Liberty Movement, go to lorenzati.coffee. That's L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee. Pick yourself up some coffee today. Use promo code FICTION at checkout for 10% off your order. And I think if you spend more than $15, you get free shipping. Guys, even if you're not a coffee drinker, like you're one of these uh, red coats drinking tea and putting milk in it, that that's fine. But I bet you know somebody who does drink coffee. Like maybe uh, your old man is a coffee drinker. We got Father's Day coming up. If you go on to if you go to Lorenzotti.coffee right now and you you place an order, I bet you could have coffee at his doorstep for Father's Day. It comes in a really nice packaging. It would make a great gift. So if you're not a coffee drinker, send a couple tins to somebody who is. You can make their day. You can support your favorite podcast, and you could support two liberty-minded entrepreneurs in their battle to take down these virtue-signaling commercial corporations that, that are driving all of us crazy. So go to lorenzotti.coffee, use promo code FICTION for 10% off your order. Hurry up and do it right now so you can get it to your old man for Father's Day. Dads are impossible to shop for. I never know what to get my old man for for Father's Day. I think we're getting him a, uh, well, I probably shouldn't t- say unless he uh, he might listen to the show. We're getting him something, but they never want anything. They always have everything that they need. Well, one thing they don't have is a cup of a premium Italian coffee delivered right to their door. So hurry up and get that done, and we can get back into the show and talk about these these corporations, these giant, the Starbucks of the world, the HBOs who have canceled Gone with the Wind now in order to placate Black Lives Matter. Uh, Starbucks w- went through this whole thing with their shirts, their employees that, you know, they wanted to, uh, they wanted their employees to have a, a dress code, like a uniform and, uh, you know, the black lives matter crew went crazy. And so they eventually caved and now you, their employees can wear black Lives matter shirt to work, something like that. We've seen uh, this past week with Tucker Carlson. There, there's like a huge advertising boycott where all of his major, advertisers you know tucker carlson has one of if not the most popular cable news shows at the eight o'clock slot and this is the disturbing trend we're seeing that uh, i think a lot of uh that's catching a lot of you know free market libertarians off guard because normally you would you would think that companies would rather follow their bottom line and advertise on one of the most popular shows on, on cable news to reach like 4 million people every night than to score some cheap virtue signaling points with uh, with this cancel culture mob that doesn't spend money on anything because none of them have jobs and none of them and they all still live in their parents basement but that's apparently not the case all of these advertisers pulled out of Tucker Carlson's show now, it seems to have backfired, at least for the moment, as Tucker's numbers I'm seeing here uh, are going through the roof. He surpassed all of the most watched cable news shows, ending last week with an average audience of 4 million viewers. He, he beat out Hannity on Fox News, he beat out Laura Ingram, and he hit uh, 4.2 million on Monday. He, he's crushing everybody else. I mean, the CNN... Their most watched show is like, I don't know, maybe Anderson Cooper or something with like 1.59 million at the, at the 8 o'clock slot. Tucker Carlson's got 4.2. MSNBC, 1.67 on All In. And uh, I mean, the, the left-wing media is getting like one to between like one and one and a half million people per show. And Tucker Carlson's getting 4.2 now. So I don't know how much long, I mean, eventually there are going to be some sponsors that will, will come on, but T-Mobile pulled out, Disney pulled out, Papa John's also, which is kind of funny given their history. But I mean, I like Tucker Carlson's show for the most part. I think it's definitely one of the better ones on cable news. He was really good on the whole Russia collusion hoax. Yeah, I, I, I do disagree with him on a lot of the, the China stuff that he goes into and his economics are pretty bad. I've even done, I did a whole episode 
uh, trashing him for, for one of the shows that he did. This is an interesting trend that we're seeing with this woke capitalism thing. And I'm not sure exactly what the solution needs to be. Maybe this model just needs to change. Maybe, you know, instead of the standard advertising model, it needs to be some sort of crowdfunding thing because he's got 4.2 million people that obviously want to watch his show. I mean, I, not like Fox is going to cancel that show to because advertisers pull out. I don't think they would ever... I'd be very surprised if they were to cower to the cancel culture mob. They would lose all of their viewer support because they're, you know, the the one station that's supposed to stand up to, to this sort of thing. But then, of course, if you go to like a crowdfunding model, then you've got the platforms, the crowdfunding platforms to worry about. Because I, I've seen people and like GoFundMe, they like they they shut down was it Candace Owens page or something like that because they didn't like her and so she wasn't allowed to raise money for a GoFundMe campaign and and these big tech firms this is going to be a, a, a big problem going forward because of the incestuous nature between these big tech firms and the government the the other big headline to come out this week was that Google demonetized Zero Hedge and threatened the Federalist over content that was posted in their comment section. Not even, you know, the article that Zero Hedge wrote or that the Federalist wrote, but that the, the people commenting on the article wrote some stuff that they didn't like. And so they demonetized Zero Hedge. I mean, the idea that you could be held responsible for somebody writing comments. I mean, I suppose you could shut off the comments. But the idea that if somebody comments on your content and that comment is inappropriate, like you have any control over that, then you get deplatformed or you get demonetized. That's just ridiculous. I mean, the idea that Google is going to punish another site for... Uh, comments that people post the idea that they're going to uh, regulate them for any any kind con- like you realize the horrific stuff that i can access through google like if i just go-, go into google and google something like terrible it will come up and i'll be able to watch it my my kids if i had kids could watch it all the porn and stuff like that i mean should google be held responsible for that they would say no they, of course, would be like, oh, no, you know, we're just, uh, you know, we're a medium that people can post content on. Uh, well, OK, well, then how do you get how do you rip zero hedge? How do you demonetize them because somebody posts content uh, in their comment section? How are you holding them responsible for that? A lot of balls, a lot of balls on these big tech firms. But it's pretty scary. This is a problem that we're going to have to come up with better solutions for. What's happening here is we have companies that are putting up barriers to ideas and and preventing people from sharing their thoughts, throttling their views, preventing advertising. Like I said, with the whole Facebook thing, I I can't advertise on Facebook, basically. I can't run the trailer for for this podcast because, I, I don't know, it goes against their political platform bullshit, whatever. You could submit it for a review and then say, like, oh, yeah, we reviewed it. Denied. It's still denied. And I, I can't post a lot of my shows on there either. And it used to be that, that we had these cable news companies that were controlling the narrative. And then we had this new disruptive technology come out in social media and the Internet that stole that market share from the cable news companies. And they were able to disrupt that space and poke holes in that mainstream media narrative. And now we've got the, the those same companies that disrupted the old structure. Now they're trying to control the narrative. And they they're trying to control what what gets said and what ideas get out there. So it, it, I guess we're just going to need that that new technology that another new disruptive thing to break up this monopoly that they have. But it's going to be harder and harder to do that the more these big tech firms get in bed with the government. 
But that's exactly what happens when you call for government legislation or some sort of government resolution to this problem of deplatforming or censorship or everything like that. And this is not, I mean, look, I don't have a right to post stuff to Facebook. I don't. This is not like my First Amendment right does not grant me a platform with which to post my podcast or my thoughts or talk to the world. That That is not a right of mine. Now, is it unfair that you know certain people can post to Facebook without fear of, of uh, reprimand or they, they could do all the advertising they want as long as their message is congruent with the, the left-wing Facebook or tech narrative? Yeah, yeah, it's unfair, but you know, life's unfair. I, you know you can't get hung up on that. You just have to find an alternative solution. But the answer is definitely not to get the government to come in and regulate this. Because all they're going to do when they're writing their legislation is they're going to bring all of these big tech firm CEOs, like when they brought in uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook, and they ask him to help them write the legislation because they're a bunch of old fucking politicians that don't know anything about this. So who do you think is going to write the legislation? It's always the corporations that they're trying to legislate. And who do you think they're going to, what sort of edge do they think you're going to give them when they're writing their own legislation? Like Facebook's not going to write legislation for Facebook that's going to allow Joe Schmo to start a, a competing platform that would you know, cut into their market share. So that's the last thing we've got to do. I don't know exactly what the best approach to breaking this whole thing up would be, but I think we should probably start with breaking this relationship between these big tech firms and and the government. And, and you know, the more they enforce rules and regulations, the the bigger the, these tech firms get, the stronger their stranglehold on the market share gets, the harder it is to break into that space. And that's why all of these huge corporations are always in favor of more rules and regulations because they have the infrastructure in place and they have the economy of scale and they have the cash flow to deal with it. I know it's tempting to be like, oh, well, the government should, you know, somebody should do something about this. But that, that like I said, government is never the solution that you're looking for. It's always going to create more problems. And once you give them that power, they will turn and use it against you 100% of the time. The, the free market is what we need here. We need to unleash more of it. It's just going to be a, a tough task because we, we've let this sort of monopoly, the, the, this, this handful of uh, big companies get in bed with the government and sort of you know take control of this space. And if we're not careful, if we let that relationship fester, it's going to be a lot harder to break into that space and disrupt it with new technology. Now, what that technology is, I don't know, but I do have faith in, in the free market that they will come up with something. We, we need to resist the temptation to have a government come in w with their hammer and, and try to fix this because they cannot do it. I mean, me personally, if you know Facebook keeps throttling the uh, the people that can see my posts, I think it's like six percent of your following or whatever gets to see the content that you post. And if they keep uh, preventing me from advertising, I, there, there's not much of a reason for me to be on there. Uh, the only reason I'm on there is is basically to advertise for this show. So I'll move it to a different platform. I'll move the advertising to to Twitter or to to Google or, you know, to one of the other alternatives until that becomes a problem. And then I'll, I'll just keep moving until we find something that works. Or maybe I, you know, maybe we need to build something else out. Now, not me personally, this show's not big enough to do that, at least not yet, but we do have some giants in the industry. Like when Joe Rogan decided to take his podcast to Spotify, we need those, I think we need those people to, to really lead this movement and, and maybe create some sort of platform that can compete with the, uh, with all this social media stuff. And maybe it, maybe it just needs to be, you know, a, you have a left wing social media and you have a right wing social media and you have a libertarian social media, or maybe you just have a, a left wing social media and then you have everything else. 
that isn't you know controlled by the the social justice warrior cancel culture. And maybe that's what needs to happen. I don't know, but I I would like to see more experimentation. And I think the 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 more they push this envelope, the the more people are going to look for alternatives to get their message out there, to get their ideas out there, to get their thoughts to to the people that want to hear them. Because there is definitely a market for alternative viewpoints, and they can't silence us forever. I mean, this is like the equivalent of modern-day book burning, and nobody should be on board with this. But, of course, the cancel culture mob is because they don't, you know, they don't want to have, they keep talking about how they want to have an honest discussion about this or a conversation about that. That's bullshit. They want you to shut up and, and toe the line and, and repeat after them. They preach. They, they want everybody to be tolerant of them, but they won't be tolerant of anybody else. They're not going to tolerate anybody that isn't 100% on board with everything that they believe in. And I think the, the farther they go with this, the crazier it gets and the more uh, regular, uh, everyday people see how insane this is getting, I think we'll start to see a bigger push for uh, alternatives to, to what's out there, to, to true freedom, to liberty. Anyway, uh, that's all for today, guys. I have got to get packed for the keys. Wish me luck. I haven't caught a fish in... God, I can't. I don't even know if I've ever really... I think... Oh man, it's been like 20 years, at least, since I caught a fish and actually reeled it into the boat. Had a couple chew through my line once in Mexico. That was frustrating. But uh, I'm going to head out for the, the weekend. Uh, some fun in the sun. No show Friday. I'll be back on Tuesday... Do me a favor, share the show, download and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you want to become a supporting listener of the show, you can do that by going to pedalingfictionpodcast.com. If you want to advertise on the show, you can hit me up on Twitter or you can email me at pedaling at pedalingfictionpodcast.com. And if you can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.